Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome to the Nation, that's Barbecue Nation, I'm JT along with Camaro Dave and Commander Chris, coming to you from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland. Got a great show for you today, we got Kel Phelps and then we got Alan Dickinson from Pig Out Roasters coming up in a little bit, but first we'd like to thank our folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, that's beef the way nature intended. And I eat enough of it, I can tell you, nature loves me. Anyway, that's PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. Um, and don't forget, last week we had Stan Hayes on from Operation Barbecue Relief. And I would suggest you go back and listen to that show again if you got a minute, because there was some great information in there. And those guys have been doing great work and they're down there uh, working with Hurricane Zeta right now. I think that is it or Zeke or something. Anyway, uh, but let's get off to Kel Phelps. Kel's the publisher, as you know, of National Barbecue News, and he's. Joining us the first of the month from now on to tell us what's coming up in the magazine. Kel, my friend, how are you? I'm good, brother. I hope everything's uh, well with you guys. And uh, yeah, man, we're just smoking like always, bro. So what do you got coming up in the magazine this month? Oh, man. So uh, something we haven't done in a long time, but uh, November, um, we're all about talking turkey, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we uh, we publish the first of each month. So um, we miss some of the holidays throughout the year that happen at the first of the month. Um, but Thanksgiving is one that uh, allows us to uh, put some information in that month's issue. And then it gives people an opportunity to, uh, you know, play with them, try them, and uh, get prepared before the big holiday uh, that's coming up. But um, yeah, so it's all we're all talking turkey uh, for November, man. So everything is there. Had a great cover shot um, from the National Turkey Federation. Um, hooked us up with a a good looking turkey, and um, of course we don't. Um, we don't frown on fried turkeys or oven roasted turkeys, but uh, our deal is all about barbecue and grilling and suckers up. So yeah, I've been doing that for a number of years now. Um, I actually do it on my my one of my pellet cookers, and man, they come out great. I hear you, man. My favorite thing I found here recently, and uh, I guess maybe it was old meathead turned this on to that a few years ago was uh, the spatchcock right. version of the turkey, where you split him down the backbone and open him up. And um, we've done that the last few years and uh, for Thanksgiving, and just uh, the family loves it. And uh, matter of fact, calls already coming in now to make sure that's uh, that's we're gonna have that same same deal. So um, so we're ready for that. And uh, speaking of even meathead, he even shares this month in uh, in the magazine how to do the perfect turkey. So um, 
I think that's what he goes through is how to do the spatchcock version of the, of the turkey there. So. Oh, yeah. He'll be coming on the show in a couple of weeks, the show that airs right the weekend before Thanksgiving. And we talk turkey every year on that. And he's been doing his spatchcock thing for uh, a long time. I've tried it a few times. My problem is, is I've got a lot of geezers in my family, myself not included in that group. <laughs> and they really like that Norman Rockwell looking stuff. So it's a little hard to, you know, if I laid out a spatchcock bird for them, they'd think I'd screwed it up or something. So I, I don't, <laughs> I've still got a few years left that I have to do that. And then after that, I'll probably jump back into doing the spatchcock stuff. So what else you got? You've always got some great um, uh, columns in there. I know Vic does a column for you, and so does Ray Sheehan does does a column for you in there, and you've got some profiles that you do. I've drug a few people from your profiles on the show, and uh, it's always worked out great for me. So who have you got coming up on those? Good deal, man. So for our profile this month, um, Mike Garrison, um, the flying judge, actually got the opportunity to sit down and chat a little while with uh, the barbecue hall of famer Artie Davis. Oh yeah. And, um, he, he got to tell his story about Remus powers. And if you've yep. ever been to a barbecue competition that Artie's at, you'll see him swearing the judges with his oath. And, um, man, it's just, uh, it's just, a it's to me, it's, it's cool to be a part of a li- uh, living legend. And, uh, to me, that's what Artie Davis is. He would never, ever tell you that that's, uh, that's what he is, but uh, he really and truly is. He is a remarkable guy, and um, um, Mike Garrison, a, a great, great guy too. Barbecue judge from way many, many years um, from down in Florida, um, and a big KCBS supporter, Florida Barbecue Association supporter. But he's the contributor that that did the profile on Artie this month. And of course, Artie has his article in there every month too. Right, and um, he's uh, he's got a little bit of talking turkey um, with his spin of it. Um, no recipe there, but um, kind of give his uh, idea of his family's uh, turkey gathering. Um, but uh, also got Doug Mosley, who's uh, reviewed a couple of books and even did the uh, book review of uh, Robert Moss has uh, revised yep. the history of barbecue book, and uh, so Doug Mosley. If you kind of want to know what a little bit more about that book before you buy it or uh, see it on the shelf and want to kick the tires or whatever, Doug kind of gives his thoughts on on that tremendous book. And also, um, he also uh, reviewed the book uh, All About Spam, of all things. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> People laugh at me, man, but you know what? I, have, uh, I am a big-time fan of Spam from way back when I was a kid. My dad... We would go fishing, and he would actually um, grab the the saltine crackers and the sardines, or you know. And I just, I, as a kid, I just could not stomach that at all. Right, it just uh, was too much for me. But now the the can of spam um, with uh, with some uh, soda crackers and uh, saltine crackers or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I was good to go. I was a happy young and sitting in the back of the boat then. So uh, <laughs> glad to see Doug keep the, the spam alive hey, uh, in my I'm, world. I'm down with spam. I got to tell you a quick story about that. If you've ever been to Hawaii, they love spam. They That caught on over okay. there in World War II. And uh, I'm sure some of the 
the warehouses still have the stuff from World War II in it over there. I'm not sure because spam lasts forever, but uh, they right. do it. I'm a I'm a fan of spam. My dad would not eat it after you know four years in the army. He was like, nah. But uh, I always <laughs> liked it, and uh, it's funny because my daughter, who I thought would never like that she's kind of a sushi girl she does like barbecue she loves barbecue but you know she likes sushi and she'll try all kinds of things but i never thought she'd love spam but she went to college with a girl who lived in hawaii was from hawaii and when merce came home she was like i'm gonna make some spam for breakfast one day and i looked at her like who is this person this is not my daughter you know That's it. And I we actually got together to race back in the day. Um, they sponsored a NASCAR team, and um, a couple friends uh, had tickets from the local grocery store, and we sit there in the in the pits with them, and that's where I learned how to grill spam, um, and actually slice it up out of the can and grill it right off on a on a charcoal grill. It's uh, it's pretty tasty. I got to tell you, it's, it gives a little little more characteristic to it out coming off a grill, but it's not bad. Not bad at all. So what is that your favorite spam recipe? I like mine. I like it fried in a sandwich. You know, I'll put fried in I I like it grilled, man. I yeah. like it I like it grilled with some char on it, you know, almost like a uh, yep. pork steak kind of sort of thing. Yep. Uh, yep, yep. And that's that's me, man. That's that's my spam go to. See, uh, I'll do I'll do a little spam. I've never I've honestly with all the stuff I I barbecue and grill and smoke and all that stuff, I've never done spam. I don't know why. But I like it, the fried Spam, with some just good old white bread and a little light mayo on it. And I am in hog heaven, buddy. I am like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm good. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm really I good at that. Well, you also, um, you know, besides Artie and, and Ray and Vic and those guys, you also, uh, Paul Kirk writes something for you every month. And I always like to read Paul's stuff because Paul brings a really different perspective. Um because uh, I'm pretty sure Paul went to school with Jesus back in the day. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, he's he's a no-nonsense kind of guy. He's funnier than I'll get out But if you get to know him. But he doesn't mess around with stuff. He'll tell you exactly what he thinks. That's it. Yeah, we missed Paul this month. Um, didn't have a uh, recipe from him, but we, for many years, and right, usually on a monthly basis, um, Paul was right there with us, and uh, over the years has had uh, uh, many a turkey recipes. And um, then usually in uh, December, the thing I love most about him, he'll tell you how to use the leftovers um, that you've collected all year long, and how to throw them into Brunswick foods and yep. and different things like that. So yeah, definitely no wasteful, no nonsense kind of guy there. And, um, but yeah, so we got um, uh, Raymond Cato uh, and Ray. You mentioned Ray Sheehan, uh, a couple guys who did some uh, non-traditional uh, turkey um, versions. Um, Ray actually did the old state fair turkey leg recipe, which you know a lot of people with the COVID stuff has missed their state fairs, sure. county fairs, or whatever, where you catch the turkey legs. But he's uh, submitted a recipe this month to tell you how to do your own. Uh, state fair type uh, turkey legs. Um, National Barbecue News is uh, the November issue in the mail, or is it just coming out now? No, sir. It's in the mail for those who get the print subscription. But now you can look at the digital subscription now online at barbecuenews dot com, 
and uh, you check it out for a few days there. It'll be up for free, but um, after that, we'll take down the, the free sample deal, and then you'll have to subscribe to it. There you go. That's great. Okay, Kel Phelps, uh, publisher, owner, and workaholic for the National Barbecue News. Thanks for being on this month, buddy, and we'll talk to you the first part of December. Hey, man, you got it, brother. Have a great Thanksgiving, man, and uh, stay safe and um, just keep it smoking, whatever you do, brother. You got it. We'll be back with more Barbecue Nation here on the Sun BGI Radio Network right after this. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. everybody welcome back to barbecue nation we're going to be talking with alan dixon from pig out roasters up in canada in just a minute if you'd like to email us it's very simple you can just go to the website which is barbecuenationjt.com and there's a little button there and you can send me a message there or if you want to get it to me faster um, you can just go info at the cowboycook.com. We can also find us on Facebook, which is barbecue nation slash JT on Twitter, cowcook 57. And we're on 17 different podcast platforms now. And that's growing almost every month uh, to stuff that we're doing overseas and things with the show. So um, just reach out and if you've got a question or if you've got an idea or if you want to show us a product or something, Please feel free to do so. So uh, I'd like to welcome to the show Alan Dixon from Pig Out Roasters. Alan is from St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada. And I happen to know that town, even though I live clear out on the West Coast, because I've got a friend that lives there and he's lived there for years. And I've been there a couple of times. But Alan immigrated from Scotland um, 13 years ago or so over to Canada. And his story is pretty interesting. Alan, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Jeff. Um, very pleased to be here. No worries. So, I guess the first question: Let's get a backstory on you a little bit. What prompted you to immigrate from Scotland, where they have the greatest whiskey in the world, uh, over over here to North America? Well, my background was um, hotels and restaurants, and we had a very large outside catering operation, and we've been doing it for nineteen years. And uh, we were over in Canada on holiday, and we were heading back to the airport, and I was just thinking of all the nonsense I had to deal with when I went home. And uh, I just said to Anne and the kids, hey, we fancy moving to Canada, we seem to like it. So the kids all thought this was a brilliant idea. My wife looked at me as if I had two heads. <laughs> um, and, uh, and she said, like, well... Why? And I, I told her why. And she said, well, it's funny, I'm thinking the same thing. So we just went back and looked into how to move over here and um, put everything we owned up for sale and moved over. Uh, just to completely reset, start again. Um, we knew nobody in Canada. And uh, it was a real, real challenge for us. Uh, but it's one that uh, has really paid off. Um, we came over here and started up a whole new um, business, a new concept. I mean, I must admit, when we um, told people locally what we were doing, you could see in their faces, like, egg roasting, that's never going to fly. Uh, <laughs> anyway, 
all the doubters, um, every single one of them, and I know them very well, have had us do catered events, and uh, four of them have actually bought my roasters because they are really good. Yeah, we're going to talk about your roasters in just a couple minutes, but uh, I'm always fascinated with people that just pick up, and even though it's not literally halfway across the world, uh, it's... As we say out here in cowboy country, it's a fur piece uh, of distance there. You had no, you know, no job lined up, no anything. You just did it and decided you were going to make it work. And that's very commendable. Was it really tough at first? When you came- um, it, it, it was in, in some respects, but in, in many respects, no. Um, Alan and myself and my kids are all kind of outgoing people were all very sociable. Um, so it, it, it wasn't much of a challenge on that front. The challenge was setting up a new business. Um, I've always been self-employed, so as Anne, we've, we've always worked for ourselves. Um, don't think anybody would right mind employing me anyway, other than me. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it, it's been, yeah, it was a challenge, but uh, it, it's one that we really look forward to and, and just, you know, just pull up your socks, roll up your sleeves and get stuck in. And, you know, have a belief in what you're doing and just go ahead and do it. And when we met the fabricators out here, they were, you know, quite a bit, a few of them were the same thing. But you just have to, you know, stick to your guns and say, no, I want it this way. I want it made with this material and, you know, just do it. So, so what your, your, product is called pig out roaster and and you can go online and find it and we'll talk about that where people can find a little later in the show but i was looking at it and and it was quite a unique design how did you come up with this as far as is this something you'd been kind of mulling around in your noggin for a long time or did you just have an epiphany one day and say this is the way i've got to do it um, no, we had, um, as I mentioned before, we had a, a very large outside catering um, company in Scotland where any given weekend we would be doing six or seven weddings. Um, our hotel and restaurants had um, international accolades for um, the food. And where we lived in Scotland, there was a lot of big country houses and it had all started doing become wedding venues. And they all wanted to have, you know, uh, Restaurants that had good accolades to to provide the food for the weddings, you know, just sure. their, um, you know, their standards high. So they picked on us, and um, it was the weekends were always a bit of a nightmare trying to maneuver kitchen equipment round about into fields and tents and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I actually had a it was a, a pig roast machine. It was more like a, a coffin with a burner on it, um, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it, it was really torture to work with. But um, the concept was really good, and people started to really like the idea. So we tried to um, we, we tried to make it more acceptable, because it was always very dirty and grubby, but we were dealing with high-end people and high-end weddings, so we wanted to kind of clean it up. And so it was a very small part of our operation when we were in Scotland. And then when we moved over to Canada, the prospect of doing hotels, restaurants, and bars again really turned me off. 
And uh, so I said to Anna, I said, well, let's do something similar but different. So we, we decided to pick on the pig roasting because it was, you know, it, it was nice and easy. It could be, we made it into a one-man operation, you know, one one chef, me, uh, one pig roaster, one pig. Yeah. And you could go to somebody's backyard, produce a really good, um, you know, backyard barbecue, uh, which is different because over here not a lot of people are able to do whole roast pigs. Right. Um so it became very much a wow factor. We're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. We're going to be back with Alan Dixon from Pig Out Roasters. We're going to kind of dig into the roaster when we get back. So please stay with us. You're listening to Barbecue Nation on the Sun Radio Network. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. We're talking with Alan Dixon from Pig Out Roasters. Uh, before we jump back in with Alan, we want to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended, and beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Check them out online at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. Also, Gunter Wilhelm Knives for very much a reasonable price for some good chef knives and boning knives, utility knives, what have you, a whole set. Uh, I have a whole set, but um, they're very functional. They're made with uh, great quality steel. They're very well balanced. You can really economize your time using the knife in the kitchen. So check them out online, please, at GunterWilhelmKnives.com. So let's get back and talk with Alan Dixon from Pig Out Roasters. So the I was telling you off the air about some adventures I had with cooking whole pigs and stuff. But um, in looking at now, I've not seen one of your pig out roasters in, in person, but from what I can tell online, they're very good. They're very high quality stainless steel. They're very efficient like that. How big of a hog can you put on one of those? What's the average cook time that you can ascertain with uh, one of your machines? Give us the whole rundown on that. Sure. Thanks. Um, well, we're using the... Uh North American, I say North American because sometimes it's Canadian, sometimes it's American, um, stainless steel, TO4 food, medical grade stainless steel. Um, and the, the motor uh, comes from a company in Illinois, um, Bison Gear, and they geared the motor down for me. Again, we had some interesting conversations uh, about what I wanted and how I could get it, and eventually we did. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah. Called being Scottish, I think. Uh, yeah, that's uh, anyway. okay. <laughs> um, we recommend um, up to uh, about 150 pounds um, pig. However, having said that, uh, I did do a 180 pounder um, uh, a Barcher pig, which is a much bigger, big fatty pig. Uh, that was an interesting cook. Um, it took my son and myself an hour and a half to fight the thing to get it on the pole. Um, because trying to move 180 pounds of dead weight, yeah, was, uh, <laughs> it wasn't for going in helpfully. So, um, yeah, so 
you know, up to about 100, uh, 150, 160 pound pig is, is the, you know, the optimal size. And um, we traditionally like to put uh, usually, you know, the 100 pounders, 120 pounders, um, because there's a really good flavour in them. That's really sort of a good size for a barbecue pig. Uh, the pig's maybe eight, ten months old, um, so it's got the, the 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 muscles have got some you know mass to them. They've got some flavour to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and, you know, 150, 160 is a you know good size, but anything less than that is perfect. So what what temperatures and how long are you taking to cook this on your pig out roast? <clears throat> well, we um, the rule of thumb when we were building it was. Um, I wanted the one twenty pound cylinder of propane to cook a hundred pound pig. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, that's what we set out to do. Because I, I figured that you know that was kind of like the average size we've been cooking um, back in Scotland, the hundred pound pig. And um, so I thought, well, it'd be a good idea if we can, you know, if we can do it at one tank of propane, so you don't have to constantly watch it and change over tanks. Right. Um, so. That's what we set about doing. Again, the gas engineers were kind of, you know, you know, we could make it, but it would need to be, uh, no, no, it has to be that. So we messed about, but that was the thing that took us longest to setting the, the gas train right, setting the, the flames right, and sure. the flow right, um, which we've, we've done very successfully. And, uh, I, I've seen roasters which are 10, 11 years old, and when you light them, you still got that beautiful blue flame. There's no yellow sooty flames coming. They're just very nice. That's what you want, the, the blue flame that gives you the most heat, uh, and it doesn't give off the um, CO2 and the CO um, like, like the yellow flame does. Yeah. And cook time, 20 pounds an hour is what, uh, what we're looking at, um, more or less guaranteed, 20 pounds an hour. Well, that's not bad. So that's, let's see, that's uh, 15 bottles of Labatt's. And... <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, you know, <laughs> yeah, again, I come from a place where we can manage 24 bottles and that thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. By the way, did you bring any uh, good um, of your single malts from Scotland when you moved over here? Oh, yes. Okay, good boy. Good boy. And just, just wanted to make sure. I've got a whole new story on that one for you. Okay, we'll catch that in the next segment. We'll do that. What do you? How do you season your hogs? Um, that's a great question. A lot of people ask us that, um, and a lot of people are very surprised at the answer. We just use salt and pepper. Um, kind of ironic. We use kosher salt and uh, and just black pepper, and we just rub the the skin on the inside of the belly cavity. Um, with some salt and pepper, and uh, that dries out and seasons it. It allows the flavour of the pork to come out. Yeah. Um, so we have all sorts of people that come up with different rubs and stuff like that. Um, if I really want to, you know, garlic is another thing, there's another favourite um, to use. Uh, we just stub the, the carcass with some garlic cloves and squash them in. Yeah. That gives some really good flavours as well. Yeah, that's. But, uh, yeah, we, we keep on with that. That's uh, when I, when we were doing it. This story is about you, not about me. But when I was doing this with my friend Fred years ago, we would go actually make little cross cuts in a number of places around the body, like in the shoulders and the hams and different things like that. And we would fill it up with kind of salt, pepper, and three or four cloves of garlic. Yeah, and 
and do that. And then we would roast it. And my favorite part, though, Alan, I got to be honest with you. My favorite part, and they heard me say it on the show before. I always kept a pair of needle nose pliers in my back pocket. And then when the cracklings got really good, I would just go by and tear some, <laughs> tear some off the pig and eat those. I didn't really, I, I, the meat was great and I love it, but you know, on a hot day and a cold beer and some cracklings, I was in heaven. Just, just oh, telling yeah. you. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Jeff. <laughs> How many hogs do you cook a year? Oh, crazy. Um, Probably at the height of summer, we'll be doing 15, 16 a week. Um, Whoa. So, yeah, that will be going on. for Because we have um, we have different levels for uh, catering customers. Sure. And um, we have the kind of entry level where they want to rent the roaster uh, and do it themselves. Um, but very quickly, we find that the next question was, oh, where do I get a pig? How do I put the pig on the pole? Right. So we cut through all that and we have like a one-stop shop. People will tell us they're having 60 people. We'll say, okay, 60-pound pig. We'll put it on the pole. We'll season it. All you have to do is come along, pick up the roaster, pick up the pig. Five-minute how to use the roaster and you take it away and do it yourself. Yeah. Um, right the way through to doing, um, you know, a full wedding with uh, all the plates and cutlery and, and preparation that goes along with it. Um, sure. So, <clears throat> so Yeah. This time of year, we're maybe doing two or three. We've got three on this week. Um, two corporate events. That's uh, companies that are just having, you know, a, a kind of Halloween, Thanksgiving type uh, event for their for their staff. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll go along and just set up the, in their car park and uh, and feed the feed the staff. Um, so we do quite a lot of that as well. Do you do a lot of? Um... I mean, like your Canadian Football League isn't as big as our National Football League down here, but you guys do have, you know, you do have football and you've got a lot of hockey. Do you do the Canadian version of tailgaters for uh, for people with your yeah. with your cookers? We don't tend to do that ourselves. Um, Drew, our chef, has done a couple of them, and we, we people tend to uh, just rent them. And do it themselves. Right. They're much happier doing it that way. And so are we. Um, so they can they can just rent it and take it away. Are the cookers available in the states? Yes, sir, yes. Uh-huh. Okay, good. Yeah. Good, good. I just we uh, don't have uh, we don't have any um, distributors or agents. Um, we deal direct with the customers. Yeah. We've uh, kind of shied away from distributors. So. Um, kind of uh, greedy. That's probably the best word. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> and, they, they uh, definitely want a cut of everything. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and it gives us a great um, opportunity to chat with our customers. Um, I mean, it's a silly thing to say, but every single customer I have has my mobile phone number, um, and I'm talking to customers from French Polynesian Islands to two down in Australia. I mean, if they have a problem, they can call me. Um, and people do, um, and it, uh, you know, it, nine times out of ten, it's just a reassuring call. Oh, Alan, I'm, I'm doing this, and I'm doing it right. And saying, yeah, yeah, it's fine. You're, you're great. Um, so, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Get opportunity to, to speak to our own customers, personal touch. 
No, I like that. Um, what is a we've got a we've got about a minute, so we'll start this and we'll pick it up on the other side. But um, like shipping weight and stuff, what is a, a pig out roaster weigh? Um, right, just the basic unit being shipped out will be four hundred pounds. Okay. Um, at the moment, we are uh, we're including shipping um, on anybody for anybody that purchases a roaster. Um, we're including the shipping. Um, now, don't get confused with me being very generous. Again, I'm Scottish. <laughs> it's really <laughs> to do with the uh, with the Canadian exchange rate. Sure. Um, so the way it goes, the way it's working at the moment, it's working very much in in your favour in the state. Um, so that allows us to to get rid of the one thing that people really don't like. Paying money for shipping. Oh, there you go. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with uh, Alan Dixon from Pig Out Roasters from St. Catharines, Ontario, formerly from Scotland, if you couldn't tell that already. And uh, Alan and I will be back in just a couple minutes. Please stay with us. everybody it's jt and this is a special version of barbecue nation it is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef welcome back to barbecue nation i'm jt here on the uh well, actually, the Barbecue Nation Radio Network, we'd like to uh, tell you we've spread out now. We'll have some new affiliates we'll be announcing. But right now, we'd like to say hi to Kixie, K-I-X-I, up in Seattle, a uh, new affiliate up there. And we thank them for uh, joining the uh, Barbecue Nation. We appreciate that. Uh, hour two coming up, we've got Bill Gillespie, uh, the pitmaster champion from Massachusetts. Bill's been on the show before, so we're going to be talking to him. Now let's get back to Alan Dixon from Pig Out Roasters. Um, what's the cost? Um, at the moment, the basic unit unit is uh, is just under five thousand dollars. It's forty uh, nine fifty, uh-huh. and that's your basic unit delivered to your house. Um, one of the other things that we did. Uh, when we came to Canada, was I took the time to go on the um, the, the course organised by the Border Services people, um, and I have all the correct NAFTA, or as I now call Kuzma, um, certifications. So there is no um, there is no uh, import duties and um, customs fees and that sort of stuff. Oh, good. So. Um, a lot of people get put off by that. Oh, it's coming international. going to get hit with it, whatever. Um, Bill, but we, we spent the time and uh, the money to get it certified internationally, um, which allowed us to uh, claim all the NAFTA um, uh, certifications and clearances or whatever sure. you call it. We're always changing the name for some stupid reason. And, uh, <laughs> so, so we've got all that, so there's no extra costs, no hidden costs. What you pay is what you get. It's delivered to your front door. Well, I think people have gotten spoiled, Alan, between Amazon and eBay. Yeah. You know, their, their biggest, uh, not their biggest, but one of their biggest, I'd say it's probably in the top two or three, um, sales features is free shipping on most stuff. Yeah. And... Um, you know, you're right, because people say, well, yeah, I don't have a problem 
paying five grand for a pig out roaster. It's something I could use. Maybe they've got a catering service or whatever. But then if they got hit with another $800 in um, shipping and, and duties yeah. and that, they, it puts them off. Yeah, it's about tasting your money, really. Yeah, it's really tough. Um, do you, where do you see this going in the next few years? If, if you put on your prognostication hat and are you going to big build bigger, uh, you know, two hog units or what are your plans in that regard? Um, well, we've looked at this and um, my grandfather was a, uh, an engineer and uh, he had a couple of things that stuck with me. Number one, if it's not broken, don't go fixing it. Uh-huh. Uh, and number two is if you want something to work properly, get a lazy Scotsman to build it for you. Um, <laughs> so I'm not. What we're the way we're looking at uh, our business going is, is is not an added value. And uh, people keep asking us about, oh, how did you start? How did this go? How, how did you find that? How did that? So what we've done is we've come up with um, what we call a, like a business in a box. We, we, you buy the equipment and you buy into to, to what we have. It's not a franchise. We tried that. That's an expensive waste of money. Um, it's not a partnership or anything. It's just us helping you use the equipment to make uh, earn a living um, with it. Right. And we've had a lot of success um, with that. The people that have taken the time. We had a couple of guys um, come over actually from uh, uh, Snomish. Is it over? Snomish? Over near the um, north of Seattle. Yeah, Snomish. Uh, yeah. yeah they, they bought a couple of roasters um, several years ago. And uh, they are absolutely flying. Um, they keep running us up with new ideas. Um, they use a rotisserie basket to bake apples on. They go and do events, mm-hmm. uh, craft fairs and things like that. And they core out the uh, apple, wrap it in tin foil, put in some uh, raisins, and some demerara sugar, and a little bit of rum sometimes, and then fold it over and, and cook it on the rotisserie basket. Uh, okay. And then selling that with Sushi cream on the top, uh, you know, a couple of bucks at the at the farmers market, and they're um, they're, you know, they they're, they're telling us new things. Um, we had uh, a young lad in Ottawa dropped out of university and wanted to buy a roaster. His dad went crazy with him, and his dad came and spoke to us. Um, Matt now has four of our roasters, and his father works for him. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, we've had some wonderful uh, wonderful times. We had a Filipino couple came up from New Jersey, and uh, the guy's wife was in tears on the phone to me because he couldn't make this work. And so we told them to come up to see us. They came up for um, three or four days, and they came around to all the events that we had on. We took them to them. We showed them how we deal with it, how we organize our events and they went back and I got a lovely lovely letter from them just thanking us so much for putting them in the right track and sending them in the right direction and um, they were hoping to well they were hoping to buy another roaster this year but if the way things went it didn't happen but uh, I'm 100% confident they'll buy another roaster next year so what we're trying to give people an added value and not just buy a piece of equipment that's going to sit in the, in the garage with a, a dust cover on it but it's actually going to we're going to show you how to to use it, we're going to, you know, help you get yourself sorted out. 
and, and use it. That'd be, you know, you can to, to make some money. Yeah. Well, you can, you know, if you're willing to put in the work, from what I can tell, looking at your website and stuff, reading the material, but if you're willing to put in the work, uh, that because it's going to take some time, it's going to take some time even after you get the roaster to, unless you've already got a catering business, but it's going to take a little time to build up your business and do that. But you could do very well with something like that because it's so unique. Absolutely, uh and that's what, I mean, we've had so many inquiries recently, no sales. But people are realizing that when all this carry on dies away, which it will hopefully shortly, yeah. um, then everybody's going to want to offer something different um, to their catering clients. And, and people are looking at, and we are certainly a different operation. And it's a very easy operation. It's, you know, we're using um, fresh meat. But everybody wants to know where the food's coming from nowadays. So we're using whole fresh eggs. Um, you're cooking it in front of them. And the wow factor is just amazing. And every time you do an event, all these you know, phones come out. People are clicking away, taking pictures. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and your social media, if you've, if you've got a small company, your, your social media just lights up. Um, <laughs> Alan Dixon, Pig Out Roasters. Alan's going to stick around for after hours, I think. So we'll be talking to him again. But thanks for being on the regular show, Alan. We really appreciate it. Fascinating story about Pig Out Roasters. Pleasure. I hope I didn't talk too much. No, no, you're perfectly fine. Uh, We're going to get out of here. Remember, I'm coming up the next hour here with Bill Gillespie for those uh, affiliates down the line that carry both hours of the show. And if not, remember our motto here, turn it, don't burn it. You can check out more stuff on BarbecueNationJT.com. And uh, we'll see you next time right here on The Nation. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.